I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. Baselayer is sponsored by Diginex and by its digital asset exchange, Equas. As an exchange, Equas is focused on delivering innovative product compliance, fairness, and most importantly, trust. In a time when institutional investors are beginning to seriously review digital assets for their portfolio, these are key elements necessary to build bridges to new investors. Equas currently provides digital asset spot trading and perpetual futures, and plans to soon offer dated futures and options. Parent company Diginex also provides capital markets advisory, asset management, and custody. To check them out, you can go to diginex.com and equos.io. That is E-Q-U-O-S.io. This is David. This is your new episode of Baselayer. I have Kevin Chu, the co-founder at Rally Network with me today. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be really fun because there are narratives that happen within digital assets that for a while aren't very visible, that are only visible to those that are spending every single waking moment in this space. This was the case with decentralized finance for a number of years. It was bubbling for many, many years prior to it kind of exploding this year. And another area that is very interesting is what we're calling social. This is obviously a very large encompassing kind of narrative, and we have to kind of scratch at it and dissect it a little bit more. But one of the companies that has been brought to my attention that is really working on something quite interesting is obviously Rally. And that's why we're having this chat. So what we'd like to do, Kevin, before we get too far into what Rally is and what you guys are doing there and why you're getting some attention, is we like to focus on the founders and the co-founders' past experience. Um, This lends a lot of credibility. You guys have a team that has been at some of the larger tech companies like Twitch and YouTube. So if you could give us a little bit of a background on you and the team and what really got you inspired to build Rally. Mm -hmm. I am a a serial entrepreneur. So I've uh, been fortunate enough to have had a a billion dollar uh, exit already. And in um, so Silicon Valley, that's kind of a, that's, that's been, you know, helpful, but in crypto, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't hold as much weight, which, you know, I think it's really cool um, because the space is full of uh, builders. But I started my career um, in finance. So I came out of UC Berkeley and went to uh, an investment bank called Deutsche Banks, uh, back then Deutsche Bank Alex Brown, and did M&A um, investment banking. And, uh, and from there, I uh, went to a venture capital firm and invested in digital media startups uh, for two and a half years. And then I started my first company when, uh, when I was 26, uh, so back in 2006. And uh, the company was called Kabam. 
and I ran that. I was a founding CEO and ran that for 11 years. I uh, grew it from, from a business plan to over $400 million in revenue. We started by making games on Facebook and then uh, was one of the early pioneers on creating games on iOS or smartphones, um, as well as uh, Android when Android first came out. So uh, served over 500 million players um, throughout 11 years in terms of making these games. And we work with some of the biggest studios in the world like Marvel and Star Wars and Avatar and um, Fast and Furious. So work with some of the biggest brands and, and studios to create these games that uh, were players um, uh, adopted a kind of a new model for play, which was that you didn't pay for the game right out the gate, uh, which was the traditional model back in, in the early 2000s. But instead, you, you got to download the game for free and play it um, and then pay along the way for virtual goods, virtual assets, virtual currencies in the game as you went along. And so I, I ran that for 11 years, ended up selling it to a Korean company called Netmarble for just under a billion dollars. and. Um, and uh, spent a little bit of time sort of traveling and, and spending time with family and, and decompressing. And then I started Rally about three years ago, in addition to an esports team called Gen G. Um, and so I, I just love founding new companies. And my co-founders are just people I've worked with along the way over the last uh, you know 15 years that I think are some of the brightest minds in technology and game design and virtual economy design. And uh, so work with uh, the CTO at Kabam. He's he's also uh, working here. Work with the president at uh, Kabam, who ran our our platform technology business. He's also at uh, at Rally. Uh, and then uh, all, you know the co-founder of Twitch. You know, for example, is an investor. You know, here at Rally, an angel investor. And so you know, just work with uh, and brought on some of the people that he knew in the Twitch space or that have been early at Twitch. So we have Jason Mastis and. Kellen, uh, Kellen Smalley and a few others that come from Twitch. We have Kurt Patai who comes from YouTube. So wanted to get a good mix of sort of technologists, game designers, uh, and, and, and sort of creator platforms all together at Rally. Uh, so that's kind of the team that we've assembled to go after the opportunity here. And I, I wanted to highlight that because Rally is addressing a very interesting part of that. One of the segments of that is the influencers and those that are on YouTube and Twitch. For those that are unfamiliar, I would familiarize yourself with it very quickly because they are becoming behemoths. The likes of Mr. Beast on YouTube and the likes of Ninja and all of these players that were in gaming that have now created massive followings on YouTube are actually creating lots of influence. And one of the things that Rally is going to start addressing is kind of that model where they have the ability to incentivize their followers and their fan base. And we'll talk more about that. But if you could, for those that are learning about digital assets, again, this is something I have to harp on a lot, is that we are in a world right now where, as opposed to a few years ago, Many institutional investors and family offices and people who listen to the show on a regular basis didn't really understand Bitcoin. They are starting to get it now. Uh, I think some of the theses around some of the larger and you know legendary investors like a Paul Tudor Jones that have laid out how Bitcoin could be an inflation hedge, et cetera, et cetera, are starting to resonate. But they still don't understand this entire world. They don't understand things on Ethereum. They are starting to hear about things in DeFi. Uniswap was just mentioned in Bloomberg a few weeks ago. 
which was pretty, uh, pretty epic. And so if you could explain to someone who is just starting to scratch the surface of digital assets, of decentralized and distributed systems, how would you explain Rally to them in a few minutes? Rally is a platform where a person a, or a community could come and create a digital token that represents their brand, their identity, their community in, in an online space. Um, and, uh, and, and we think that's, that's really interesting because we've seen, you know, having made games for 11 years, we see that whenever people, a group of people spend time and energy doing something that may look like a toy. And frankly, in video game business, we, we create games and we create toys. But when we, when we get people hooked into a community and that community becomes an important part of their lives, they spend real money to engage with that community. And uh, so the insight for Rally was how do we help take these tools that we've created in the gaming industry that is now a, uh, a multi-hundred million dollar billion dollar business on a global basis how do we take this um, how do we take these tools that we've been using and put them onto the same technology that powers uh you know bitcoin but but really something more interesting called ethereum where we allow uh these communities to create digital assets digital goods that represent um you know their brand and their community and uh, and have those be worth real value uh, and have the market decide what that value is. So that is what we we do at Rally. All right. So let's talk about the proverbial pain point, if you will. And so there are new models like Rally out there that are providing platforms for these creators, for these influencers out there. And just as a reference point, as I mentioned, some of the larger influencers out there, like a Mr. Beast, like a Ninja, like some of these ones out there that have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million followers out there, PewDiePie, they have to create content almost, I wouldn't say every hour, but they're creating content every day pretty much, uh, even during a global pandemic. And so it's hard work. Obviously, they have teams, they have people that are editing these, these obviously, these uh these pieces of content, there is a full staff, if you will, on a lot of these out there. And so I imagine that this is an enterprise, actually. This is a business where you get to be so large, where you have to obviously have a full staff out there. But again, what is the pain point that Rally is really trying to address with those content creators, the musicians, the people that are creating you know, NFTs and art, the influencers? What is that pain point in terms of the economics, I imagine? or the ability to connect and con con continue to have that retention of that audience, what is the pain point that Rally is trying to address? Yeah, Rally is a, uh, you're exactly right in terms of the pain point that we're addressing, which is for, for these creators, um, for an A-list creator, like you're talking about a ninja, one of their biggest pain points is I am tied to my platform and I only make money when I'm on air. Right. When I'm, when I'm on stream, that's when I make money. And then when I'm off stream and he talked about this burnout a few years ago, where he talked about how he took a four day vacation and lost a quarter of all of his subs because, you know, they were so used to watching him stream every single day. And they, he stopped streaming. They take a little bit of a break and he lost a quarter of his subscribers, uh, in, in that uh, few day period. So rally solves this problem of how do we help creators own their own economics, own their own token in such a way? that they can, they could be on Twitch, they could be on YouTube, they could be on Twitter as well. 
they truly own their digital assets and it's not owned by a, a, a you know, a tech company that uh, is trying to keep the creators on their own platform. So in, in Rally, we are not a typical tech company. We are not set up as a, um, we're much more like Ethereum than we are a, a Facebook where we create this open source, open platform for creators to build their own token on. We don't take any transaction fees. We don't take any uh, cut of their economics. What we do is help the creators truly power their own um, their own digital assets. And what our business model is very similar to Ethereum. We own you know, the founders, uh, the angel investors that we've uh, worked with. We all own a bit of the tokens and we want to drive as much usage as possible. And creators truly own this asset themselves. And so they can they can use it. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a Twitch streamer like Ninja, great. You can use this as a way to reward your fans for having subscribed and followed you. Uh, you can use it as you, you know, if you want to start, um, a YouTube channel as well, you can use it to incentivize and say, Hey, Twitch followers, if you go check out my YouTube, you get a chance to earn some more of my tokens by liking and following me there too. So it's a way for, uh, for creators to incentivize their audience to, take some new action on a new platform that they may be trying to to get. And it's a way for um, creators to uh, have a way to monetize their brand in a way that's 24 seven. So they don't have to be streaming for somebody to say, Hey, you know what? I, I think uh, I want to buy, you know, Ninja token so that I can get his merch or I can right. get his, you know, whatever it is. And it's a, it's a way for, it's a tool to monetize and truly own your own economics with 0% fees that rally takes or ever will take uh, because we're not a traditional company. All right. So there is this idea, you call them creator coins. These are digital assets that are custom branded to each creator. And so would love to get an idea of what that looks like. So does one go to rally? And then I know that you also have a toolkit. Um, I want to hear more about that. I think people would like to hear more about that again, we are trying to grow this sandbox, and I imagine the toolkit is fairly easy with SDKs and things of that nature. And those are just for the people that don't know that terminology, just think of it as a way, instead of having to go from the ground floor, you actually have some of the building blocks already there uh, that help you do that. Imagine like Wix. You know, if you, you know, prior to 2006, if you tried to build a website, good luck because you'd have to know HTML and C and Java. And then all of a sudden Wix came about and you said, oh, look, I can build a website. It's all point and click. It's nice and easy, done. So I imagine there's some sort of a toolkit there. I know there is. So talk to us about that. But I want to hear about how these are custom branded. So I imagine, again, these are ERC20s. And that, you know, that is kind of the foundational blocks of it. But I want to hear more about that. I think people would like to know how these are actually built and branded and the toolkit that's involved. And then I know I'm throwing a lot of things at you, but you can address these. So are these custom branded digital assets that are being created, these creator coins, is there some sort of underlying contract or revenue stream that's basically getting fed into them? Right. So a lot, a lot of good questions there. Uh, let's start with the toolkit first. So Wix is a great example. In the gaming industry, there's things like Roblox, et cetera, where um, it's a no-code way to create your own, you know, webs you know, in, in Wix's case, it's a no-code way to create your own website. With Roblox, it's a no-code way to create your own game, right? And so we think about Rally as a no-code way for anybody to go create their own social token. Um, so it's, it should be that easy where you don't need a development team. You don't need engineers. Um, 
to, to get started. We basically do this in a no code way and it's getting easier and easier. Uh, and we, you basically can get, uh, um, you know, a, a David token or a base layer token within, you know, a few minutes of wanting to create one. And what we do is we make it super simple, but still inherit all of the security and trustlessness of, of Ethereum as it is uh, today. So this, this um, sort of toolkit is, uh, is a great way for a creator to get started and, uh, or a business uh, or brand. And um, you create this token and we, we've got a, a really cool roadmap where you can mint NFTs out of your creator coins. You can make, you can have a way to reward your creator coins to somebody who likes or follows your, your social media accounts. Uh, so there's a lot of little tools and, and plugins and that uses a pretty robust set of APIs that if you wanted to get more technical with it, you can kind of configure it and make it more and more powerful. But if you want just like the base layer of thing and you want to get your, your website up and running and no code, you can do that within a few minutes using the Rally toolkit. Got it. Um, so then let's talk about the actual creator coin. Um, what are these? I imagine this is probably built with Ethereum. These are ERC-20 tokens initially when they're coming out of your oven, if you will, the, the, the kind of the easy bake oven. Um, and then what are they tied to? Is there smart contracts that are tied to contractual revenue to streaming uh what is there that is underlying them yeah so we think uh you know when, when these these tokens come out of the oven they are they are just like any other crypto tokens like what, what do you use litecoin for or dogecoin or bitcoin for or ethereum coin um we think about you know, the, the value of this is much more about how somebody truly if if a creator or a community that mints these tokens, truly use them tokens in a way that um, uh, provides value to that community or to the fans. That's how they get value. They're valueless otherwise. They're just like a, a you know set of tokens that you know any other crypto tokens. Uh, so the whole point is we just drop the bar and make it super easy for people to create their own tokens and then use it in social contexts. Uh, with their fans and with their, uh, their social communities. Right. Um, and so it's really the, you know, I think of kind of zooming all the way out. I just think that, you know, while, um, people in the, you know, people in the traditional finance world still think it's kind of crazy. Like the value of money is truly what we, uh, you know, what, what communities of people, you know, make of it. And mm-hmm. so I think when, when a creator truly feels like, wow, I've got millions of fans all over the world. Um, and I need a, I, I hate paying these fees. I hate paying, you know, some of these platforms 30 or 50%, you know, of my economics, I get to mint my own token and I get to tell my fans to use my tokens to, um, you know, interact with me or to buy my merchandise or reward them for participating in, in liking and sharing my content or watching my content. Right. Wow. I get a way to create my own token. That's truly mine and then use it. Uh, that's really what, that's really when the light bulb goes on for, mm-hmm. for the creators and the communities that we work with is that this thing is worth whatever you and your community make of it. Right. It's worthless right. otherwise. Uh, and, but we just make it super easy to use crypto out of a box without having to do any code and to program a smart contract yourself. But you get all of that, um, in a really easy to use way, just like you're to open up a game and start playing it. 
Right. And just for people to, they don't know, again, some of the larger influencers and the gamers out there that I've mentioned, some of the people out there that are influencing your kids, like a Mr. Beast, like a Ninja, you know, others out there like Preston Smiles and others, um, they all have merch. They call it merch. This is their own stores where they have shirts, they have hoodies, they have hats. And yes, they sell and they sell very well. And I know this from experience because I've got two in my house that constantly buy this stuff. So this is big business, people. You need to pay attention to it. Let's go further into the role of AMMs, automated market makers. So we've been talking about automated market makers in DeFi, but there is that here in the creator coin aspect. So creator coins, price and supply are managed by a unique pricing curve. These pricing curves define the behavior of an automated market maker that provides creator coins or liquidity to anyone interested in buying or selling a creator coin. So how does the automated market maker come up with the supply? As we know, with some of these, there is hard caps. Obviously, Bitcoin is the instrumental one with the 21 million hard cap. And so are these usually inflationary or deflationary by nature? And do creators and those behind the creator coins have a buy and burn capacity to affect the AMM? Right. So the the AMMs are really um, a relatively newer concept in uh, in DeFi. And you mentioned you know Swap being mentioned on on Bloomberg for the very first time, so that's a big milestone. But the, you know, let's let's zoom all the way out for cryptocurrencies or any any digital asset token. Um, the the marketplace by which you can exchange this is really important. Yes, you know, Bitcoin out of the box, if you have a Bitcoin wallet, you can send it peer to peer to one other, you know, person, but you have to know that person, you have to simultaneously want to transact with that person in a way that you're willing to sell and they're willing to buy or, or vice versa. What an AMM does is it it disassociates the timelines for which uh, buyers and sellers need to simultaneously transact and the price and still guarantees a market price, right? So when, when I transact with Uniswap, I don't need to wait for another buyer that's sitting on the other side, you know, for me to sell, right? I sell directly into Uniswap, Uniswap determines the fair price. And then, um, you know, sometime later, if somebody else wants to buy it, fantastic. Uh, and so, so when, when you think about, uh, when we think about how do we help creators, potentially millions or hundreds of millions of creators over time, create their own token and how do we create the right marketplace mechanism for that well let's just be honest right maybe mr beast can get you know their token into coinbase or or binance at some point in time but for a lot of other uh creators even getting a token pair onto uniswap in the liquidity that's on a uniswap pool may not be enough for somebody who's you know let's say they're making a hundred thousand dollars a year they've got a, a several hundred you know fans around the world but they're probably still not big enough to have an active you know, Uniswap pair. So we use something, we go even further down and say, how do we create liquidity uh, and exchangeability for a creator that may have just a few hundred fans? And so we we use a, a primitive uh, called token bonding curves. And so this is kind of where the rally token comes in. So there's a rally token that is the governance token and the core utility token that powers what we call token bonding curves for each creator coin. So let's say we, we take one of our um, uh, existing creators like like Fan Hot, fantastic. Um, he's a world class you know esports player. He's got about fifteen hundred fans that watch him day in and day out. Super passionate. 
he doesn't have to worry about setting up a Uniswap pair. He doesn't have to worry about getting listed on any exchanges. He has a marketplace out of the box by using Rally because we create his fan coin um, by bonding it to Rally coins. And in that way, we create an exchange mechanism where if, if a fan wants to buy a fan coin, they don't need to wait for another fan to simultaneously sell it to them or need to wait for a market maker to make a market around fan coins. They can buy and sell with what we call the automated market maker. It comes right out of the box for Rally. So this is one of the things that we make really simple for creators and their fans and their communities to use uh, these digital assets in a very usable way. That's great. And yes, that was my next kind of area of looking in terms of governance. And so you already alluded to your native token there. Um, but there's also the Genesis team. I would like to know how that was selected and what the purpose of that. And then I also noticed that the rally holder, uh, there's a minimum of $1,000, you know, obviously denoted in your token, uh, that must be holding at least $1,000 to participate in the governance procedures there. Um, and this is really interesting. So people who don't understand this, obviously, we're working through distributed and decentralized systems here of governance where it's not a body of people like around a table and effectively voting on things. It is all around the world. It is participants all around the world who are effectively in a, in a manner staking, you know, some of their assets that they have acquired, especially now the governance token here. And they are voting on improvements, if you will, to the overall business and the overall functionality of the network. Um, and so this is a very interesting topic. We've addressed it many times before on the show before, but, you know, I'd love to get a sense, you know, kind of as governance is maturing and as these systems and these approaches are maturing, how long would someone have to be, you know, a holder and a participant uh, in that in particular manner? And again, the Genesis team would like to know kind of what the purpose is that. It's very important for us as a U.S.-based team, uh, especially one that that's created multiple businesses um, here in the U.S., that we abide by U.S. You know, regulations mm -hmm. and yet still uh, work very much towards a decentralized you know platform. So <clears throat> this is um, still tricky for U.S. teams, but we feel like we've uh, uh, we have a, a great approach that our our council that we've worked very closely with our council. Uh, three legal councils uh, actually in the US to, to craft, which is number one, decentralization is an incredibly important concept for the SEC, for the Howey test, mm -hmm. and for anybody to make sure that we're not creating a, um, we're not, we're, we're not creating something um, that is uh, earmarked as a security, but rather you know, something that is actually meant to be used by the creators and the fan communities and the brands that we work with. And so the one of the governing principles for us is that on October 15th, when we launched the Rally Network, that the uh, management team is no longer the management team, that we become more like the administrators of the network mm -hmm. and that the network holders themselves truly vote on every aspect of the network. And so uh, from October 15th to today, so we've been about, uh, we've been live for about three weeks, every aspect of this network has been designed for the community itself to vote on every every aspect of of uh the network um the management team and the all of the engineers and developers that we have we're primarily here to, to make sure that the infrastructure gets developed and works properly 
Uh, it evolves as the Ethereum network evolves and, and upgrades its own scalability challenges and security models and moves towards ETH, you know, 2.0. And the way that the reason why this is so important is is twofold. One is, of course, from a regulatory standpoint, and we also do AML and KYC because we want to make sure that this is a, a real network that you know is, is used uh, properly and can is a safe place for you know, the biggest you know creators and athletes and celebrities and brands to get involved. Um, <clears throat> so we do all of that, but we do it in a in a as trustless of a way uh, that we can and. It's probably a whole nother episode to talk about the, some of the cool technology that we built to do that. But I want to talk a little bit about how <clears throat> we built this thing, number two, to truly be decentralized. Because we want the ninjas of the world and the, the other folks who, you know, in Ninja's career, when he moved from Twitch to YouTube, mm-hmm. or sorry, to Mixer, I should say, yeah. and then has moved back to, to Twitch, he's lost a lot of audience along the way. And he's really had kind of, you know, any creator has gone through some level of demonetization, of censorship, of, you know, moving, pl- or trying to get off of a platform or use another platform in addition to their existing platform and faced, you know, uh, you know, this issue that the, the, the company that provides a platform doesn't want them to move. And I think the, the one way that we can truly make this the most creator friendly technology possible is to make this an open sourced open platform that the creators can get in and out of and truly own it themselves without depending on rally as a company to to use it so we create we spend a lot of time architecting our our technology uh to both be compliant to be decentralized um and to have the creators truly own it and uh we're 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 pretty proud of that um it took us two and a half years to build this yeah, good things don't uh, happen overnight. So as we're wrapping up, we'd love to get a sense of one, any people out there, you know, any names that you are permitted to obviously drop that have adopted, I think you already mentioned one, but anyone that has already started to kind of look at this or adopt it, is it, or if you don't want to name names, you can obviously say certain YouTuber, YouTube influencers or Twitch influencers, that's fine. But anyone out there, obviously, to get kind of an idea of how quickly this is becoming adopted. Um, And then roadmap for 2021 and going forward. What are some things that we need to be cognizant of and watching uh, that you guys are going to be doing uh, for the next year? We're, we're pretty excited about the the usage. So uh, we'll talk about our, our probably our biggest um, athlete is a person that just came on a week ago in Kaseke Honda. He played on the Japanese national team. He played in the, the Olympics um, for the Japanese team. So he's a he's a very well-known figure. He's currently playing in Brazil. He's played in Italy, you know, before, um, I believe, AC Milan. So he, he came onto the platform about a week ago and it just exploded. Uh, so he, you know, and he, he really wanted to reward fans for being a loyal, you know, fan. And he's played all over the world and he started his career in Japan and went to Europe, went to play in Russia, is now playing in Brazil. And so he's dealing with fans all over the world and he wanted to, re, you know, he's dealing with exchange rates from all these different currencies, et cetera. So he views crypto as a real godsend in terms of how does he decrease his um, exchange fees that he's constantly paying between all these different currencies. He used it as a way to say, hey, any fan that proves if they post a picture of themselves owning my jersey, I'm going to give these fans 
some of my KSK coins as a reward because of, you know, for you following me and, and being a fan of mine. So he's using it kind of like a fan club and really rewarding his fans. Um, he's interested in, in creating these physical challenges where every day of the week, um, he posts a picture of himself, you know, doing uh, exercises and being physically fit and doing that with his fan club. And so to be in that group with him, you've got to, you know, own some of those KSK coins, whether you earn it, you buy it, et cetera, you need it to, to participate, you know, in this fit, in these uh, fitness challenges. So he's doing some cool things like that. We've got esports teams. Um, Gen G esports is a, is a, you know, top five uh, esport team in the world with millions of fans. Uh, in Korea, in China, in, in the United States. And so they're using that as a way to get access to the coaches and to the players in terms of pre-game and post-game interviews that they're going to do just only for people who own the Genji, you know, strike token. Um, so that's going to be a very exciting use case that they're going to roll out. Uh, and they've announced. And then we have uh, writers. So Jun Ian Wong has been a writer for Coindesk. Uh, he's been a, so he's been a journalist for, for many years, uh, and he's using it as a token for how he thinks about doing some of his meetups and different, uh, ways that he's exploring creating these social, uh, proofs for, you know, um, you know, wanting to show, signaling that you'll, you'll be attending a digital event and then actually attending the digital event. And so he's doing some really interesting work around that with his social token. So these are just some of the interesting use cases that people are. Are, are experimenting with and we're all learning together very cool so where can people learn more about rally network and if they are creators who are listening to the show uh where can they start interacting with it mm -hmm. so uh one of the front ends to to our network is rally.io so you can go check that out and uh, if you're a creator the, on the header there's a there's a book that says apply all creators that apply to the network need to be voted on by the community uh, to get in again, we as a company, you know, we don't approve or disapprove or reject any any creators. It's really a community itself that governs who is allowed to um, uh, create uh, tokens in the network. Um, and uh, so you can, you can learn a ton there. Our blog is we tend to be very active on our blog, posting almost every single day. And our Discord is incredibly lively. So again, there's links to our Discord that you can find on the on Rally.io or a blog. Come and check out the Discord. There's a great community there that can answer any questions that, that people have. Awesome. This was Kevin Chu, co-founder at Rally Network. As I mentioned again, this is a very interesting paradigm shift where we are seeing distributed and decentralized networks, incentive models, digital assets that are now coming into this notion of social and as we've seen, just an explosion of influencers, of content creators. Um, that have kind of fed into this new gig economy that we've seen over the last decade that have kind of tilted in with Lyft and Uber. And now we see people with, you know, with their own studios coming up with content on a daily basis that is getting clicked on by millions of people. And so this is a very interesting concept and something that I think everyone should be, you know, obviously keeping their eyes on. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can have you on again in a few months and see how things are going. David, thank you so much for having me on Baselayer. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. 
and let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn and I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, one of the best digital asset event and media production companies that I know of. For exclusive content and events that provide insight into digital assets, visit them at blockworksgroup.io. You won't be disappointed.